Are you a single woman who's dreading the idea of Valentine's Day coming up around the corner? Well, in this episode, I share all of my secrets for how I manifested love. I have a proven track record. This stuff works. 20 years of dating, coaching experience, and clients who found these methods to be incredibly helpful. So if you want to find love, this could be your year. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Ronnie Ann Ryan, your go-to intuitive coach bringing real talk to the mystical realm on the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. Feel like the universe or your spirit guides aren't delivering? Well, you're in the right place because who has time for confusion when you're trying to build a business, find love, heal and recover, or leave your partner or job? I'll turn that mumbo jumbo into clear, actionable steps that fit easily into your life. So buckle up, open that heart chakra, and let's cut through the cosmic fluff together, shall we? Good fortune favors the bold and those who aren't afraid to call it like they see it right here on the breathe love and magic podcast hi this is ronnie and ryan your go-to intuitive coach just around the corner from valentine's day so we're gonna jump in and talk about how to manifest love I'm going to share what I call the inner steps or the inner game I took to find love with the adorable sweet man who has been my husband for over 20 years This is not about the practical aspects of dating, like which site to use or what to write in your profile and should you call them or text them. This episode focuses on what I call the inner game, love magic and manifesting love, which includes your mindset and the law of attraction and all the healing work. And the point of all these things is to make sure that when you do take action, you will Fully be aligned with your true intentions. Because without that, no matter how much you do to meet men, you will not necessarily find the right one. I was single for a really long time. After college, I didn't date much at all. Just a bit here and there for way over 10 years. So to be really honest, I was sort of terrified that I would never find love. I believed all that load of crap the media presents and talks about how women can't find love and how hard it is and so many men are catfishing and dreaming up schemes to take advantage of us or just want sex and blah, blah, blah. You know, some of that is true, but that has nothing to do with your chances of finding love and it didn't have anything to do with mine either. But having gone through this process to manifest love myself, Combined with 20 years as a love and dating coach, I am quite sure that any woman who wants to find love and is willing to take the needed steps can and will find love. So let's start at the beginning. Mindset is everything. Are there scammers, liars, cheats, etc. out there? Yes, of course there are. But if you're a spiritual person and you know anything about the law of attraction, then you know you don't want to focus on that. When it comes to consciously choosing your thoughts, then choose the thoughts that are positive, happy, and optimistic about finding love and dating. Your mindset is the foundation from which everything else begins and grows. So when you hear negative stories or news about love or friends tell you their dating horror stories, the best way to react is to tell yourself this has nothing to do with you. That is a problem for other people. Your truth is that you were born to be in a lasting, loving relationship that's supportive, nurturing, and fun. However, if you don't believe you can find love, 
I get it. I've been there. I understand. And you know what? That's okay. But this is a place to start. This is what I did since I knew believing in love was fundamental issue for me. Like really, the rock bottom, I didn't believe. And I knew that if I didn't figure out a way to believe, I wouldn't get anywhere and I would be stuck and I'd be in trouble and I'd be mad. So I decided, all right, let's work on my outlook. And I started to do that with affirmations. But I didn't start with the total end result I wanted, like getting married, because I had a feeling that would create some resistance. I started with something easier to believe in. I focused on falling in love with an amazing man because I wasn't sure I would ever really get married, even though I wanted to, because I didn't believe that I might find the right guy. So I thought, first, let me start with finding the right guy, and then we'll see what happens from there. So what I consider to be my ground zero platform, my foundation for believing, was to start with that I could manifest love. And then I would move forward from there. Here is an affirmation I repeated over and over. It has four lines, kind of like a prayer or a poem. And I'll explain line by line why I chose these words specifically. So the first line is, please allow my love to flow. Now I did this knowing that I had love energy within me, as we all do. You do too. You have love inside you and inside your heart. So get it moving. Allow it to flow. Hence the words, please allow my love to flow. Next is open my heart and let it grow. Because my heart had been really closed off, I was devastated by my college boyfriend and I dated him for three years, but he just wasn't into me enough. And as time went on, our relationship really did not improve. In fact, It ended up with a lot of problems and I didn't feel cherished and I didn't feel like he really cared. And as a result, he really broke my heart or I allowed him to break my heart and I was stuck on that for countless years. So I wanted to focus on open my heart and let it grow so I could be open to men again. The next line is, I'm more attractive than I know because I had to find a way to believe in myself and feel like an attractive woman that was desirable so that a man would desire me. And I had not dated in so long that I questioned myself. I questioned my desirability and my attractiveness to men. So I really wanted to strengthen that. And that's why I chose I'm more attractive than I know, so that it was even more than I could imagine, that I'm more attractive than I know. And the last line is, There is a man who loves me so. Now I chose these words because I really deeply wanted to believe there was a man out there for me who would love me like crazy. He would just love me so, so much. That was my idea. That was my intention. Each of these statements or affirmations were at a level that I could handle saying them and start to work on believing them without tremendous resistance. You have to start where you are. Sometimes women go all the way to the end, you know, where they see themselves married and blissfully to the man of their dreams and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't believe that you can get married or that you can find the right man, you'll have inner resistance to that kind of affirmation. So that's why I always say start where you are. Start closer to what you can imagine being possible. You will get there. 
And as you notice changes, then you can make tweaks and change your affirmations. But you really need to believe the statements that you say, and then your subconscious mind will adopt them and respond rather than struggle. Because affirmations can actually backfire when you don't believe a word of what you're saying. There's resistance that gets created. So affirmations, in case you don't know, are positive statements said in the present tense as if they are true and happening now. The purpose of affirmations is to convince your subconscious mind that this is true and to get on board. Your subconscious mind is the one in charge of manifesting. However, affirmations that stretch beyond your ability to believe actually become a deterrent. That's what we've been talking about because your subconscious mind will negate them and that builds resistance. So it's like you don't want your subconscious mind to go, that's a lie. That's not going to happen. And that's why you want to start where you are. And don't, don't start with, I'm married to the most wonderful man. Okay, so you can take a step beyond right where you are too. Your affirmations are really all about repetition, repetition, repetition. It's about saying them over and over again until your subconscious mind opens, embraces these statements, and gets on board to start attracting what you want, what you're affirming, and creating this new level of belief. So I'm just really getting into the nitty-gritty detail of why affirmations work and how they work. So once I worked with these four lines for a while, I realized that they started coming to mind without me consciously choosing to say them. In fact, I actually put them to music and sang them. And eventually the song would just start singing itself. And this is when I realized that my subconscious mind must have embraced the statements because It was playing the song all on its own in my head. When I wasn't choosing purposely to sing it, the song would just pop into my head. So at first, I consciously chose to sing these affirmations, and I'll sing it for you in a minute. But in the the meantime, I sang these things all the time because it made me feel so happy. It made me feel good. It made me believe. It gave me hope. So I sang them on my morning walk and in the shower and when I did the dishes. And I found that when I sang this, I got happier. Then I started singing in the car while I was driving and before I went to sleep and when I first woke up and any time it came to mind. And eventually, as I said, any time it came to mind all by itself. I immersed myself in what I wanted to manifest The more I sang this tune, the more optimistic I felt about falling in love and finding a good man. Within about two weeks, I noticed something had shifted. And that's when my subconscious mind actually took over and started singing the song without me realizing what I was doing. Just like when some song from the radio gets stuck in your head and it keeps repeating and repeating and repeating. This was my purpose because I knew once the song started singing itself, my subconscious mind had finally adopted and embraced the ideas that I would find love. This was a really good sign and I got very excited. So I wrote another verse, but first let me sing you the first one. So here's how it goes. Please allow my love to flow. Open my heart and let it grow. I'm more attractive than I know. There is a man who loves me so. And then the second verse is, Please allow this loving man 
to be with me and hold my hand. We are together now as one in spirit, love, growth, and fun. A few weeks after adding that second verse, my first little manifesting miracle happened because I got a call from a friend totally out of the blue because I really hadn't told too many people what I was up to. Amy wanted to fix me up with this guy she knew and asked if I would be interested. I was like, yes. What a magical moment for manifesting love. I was so excited. I hadn't dated anyone and I I can't even tell you how long it had been. It was ridiculous. I dated this man sporadically for six months and he was definitely not the right man for me. But he sure was the right man to get started with on my journey to find love. And that was really important because I felt safe enough with him. It wasn't that big of a stretch for me. I didn't feel like there was a lot of risk because he wasn't my ideal man. So it was kind of like practice. I felt like I could take some chances with him. And this is why I'm so sure manifesting love works. And you know it's happening when the outer world starts delivering on what you've been asking for. Now, I'll be honest with you. Manifesting wasn't the only thing I did to find love. I took plenty of action as well to meet lots of men. I went to singles events and I asked friends to fix me up and I did personal ads. It was right on the cusp of online dating and personal ads were still really big. Uh, with personal ads, you had a, they would leave a phone message and there, was no, there were no um, pictures or anything. You only got 22 words, so it was a lot more limited. So anyway, this is called working your inner and outer plan at the same time because they often go hand in hand. So I was doing all my manifesting, but then I was doing a lot to get out there, meet men, and cross paths with guys to help that guy find me, right? I mean, he's never going to find me if I'm all holed up at my house. So you have to get out and meet men. All right, let's go back to manifesting for a moment. So as time went on, I wrote more powerful affirmations. I also call them chants sometimes because I put most of them to music. I don't know why it's just what happened. And I think, you know, from my perspective, when you sing, you're creating vibration. So when I sang something that made me happy, I was absolutely elevating my vibration and, you know, your love vibe, right? Your frequency would change if you sang these songs. And so I would get happy and my vibration would be happy and singing facilitated that. So that's my philosophy on why I sang them. You don't have to sing them. It's just what I did. So when things really got rolling, I wrote one to a really old love song. So here's how it goes. I'm so alluring and cosmically. I'm so magnetic. Good men flock to me. I am in touch with my feminine energy. Right now I'm attracting the perfect man for me. He comes to me as if under a spell. We're good together and we can tell. It won't be long before we hear wedding bells. We're in love and happy. We know the joy of living well. Honestly, by the time I was singing this, I was hot. I was on fire. I was meeting lots of men and feeling so much more like a desirable woman. This was a completely new phenomenon for me. I never felt that I had my way with men, but the affirmational chants changed all of that. This manifesting method transformed me and my approach to dating like nothing else could. I became a woman who flirted with men and talked to men and dated men, and that was not my earlier persona from when I got started. Things really shifted. 
Feeling my power and desirability as a woman changed how I interacted with the men. I felt more confident and self-assured. And as it turns out, men like that trait in a woman a lot. Apparently, confidence is very sexy to men. As I felt better about myself and really started believing that all of this dating and effort were going to deliver, I got braver and I felt stronger. And I became the kind of woman who met men everywhere she went. And men asked for my number and asked me out. Just a quick break to tell you about my free book, Seven Ways Your Past Lives Affect Your Love Life Now. Are you curious about your past lives? Do you think you've lived before? And could some of your relationships have been with people you knew in the past? It's so fascinating and sometimes explains a lot about what's going on in your love life. You'll learn a little bit about reincarnation, the Akashic Records, different ways to uncover your past lives. Plus, I've included two short sample readings so you can understand how the past life insights work to shift your relationships today. So go to 7pastlives.com, the number 7, pastlives.com, and you can get that book for free. And now back to the podcast. There was a time when things got a little crazy and I was dating three guys named John at the same time. It was nutso. Even though none of them lasted very long, I had amazing experiences, learned so much about men and myself, I definitely saw this as an incredible growth opportunity on my spiritual journey. There was plenty of excitement and plenty of difficulties and disappointments too, no doubt. Even when things didn't work out though, with some new guy and doubts about what I was doing would start to surface, because hey, I'm human, I would pick myself up before long and remember that I now firmly believe love was my destiny. I always came back to this, knowing deep within my heart that I would find him and he would find me. That right man for me was going to find me. We would find each other. This was a big part of the spiritual journey. To know that love was my destiny gave me strength and I would come back to that to eliminate and dissolve the doubts and move forward again. After all, Why would I need to go through all of that dating and learning and changing and opening my heart and all of that if it wasn't going to work? There was no reason I could come up with for making all those tweaks to myself and doing the healing work and improving my dating skills and learning to understand men and what they were all about, except that I was absolutely going to meet the right man for me and fall in love and he would love me too. Believing strongly that love was my destiny fueled the fire and kept me going, active and passionate about manifesting love. And it kept me taking action. Because, you know, once you get heartbroken or disappointed or whatever, it's so easy to draw back and give up and throw in the towel and just say, this is too hard and I'm not doing it. And I could have done that a million times, but I stuck to the belief that love was my destiny. You can't just manifest or only do the inner work though. You also have to take action. You need to get out there and cross paths with men and meet them if you want to find your dream guy. The right man for you. He doesn't know where you live. He can't knock on your door. So you have to be out there. You have to make yourself available and be out in the social world. 
Now, I also did some body work on a regular basis during my journey to find love. I took advantage of Reiki sessions. I also did them on myself. I did some acupuncture. My practitioner did what he called four pillars to keep my energy moving and flowing. When I started the process, admittedly, my energy was a little stagnant in the lower portion of my body. You know, uh, there hadn't been much activity, let's say. But my practitioner got things moving again for me, and that made a big difference. And I also took Epsom salt baths to clear out unwanted energy and what no longer served me. And this is particularly true after a disappointment, a guy who didn't call again or who ended up being the wrong man or whatever it was. I did a lot to clear myself. I also used meditation and reached out to my guides for help, trying to get guidance about what to do, what to think. Doing this, I often got lots of encouragement, but not always anything that specific about finding love. My guides and angels would encourage me and egg me on to keep going and not give up, reinforcing how I needed to stay positive and hopeful and believe that love was my destiny. This is a bit odd, but... In a meditation, Mother Mary actually appeared to me and gave me dating advice. I know, I hope I'm not sounding blasphemous to some of you, but she came to me. Talk about surprises. I was really shocked because I had never encountered her before, and I'm not Catholic. So I wasn't really sure why that happened, but she came to me anyway. There she was, and she showed up consistently over several months, offering really soothing, loving energy and doing a lot to buoy my spirit. I felt incredibly honored that Mary chose to visit me and share her wisdom and offer support about dating. In Mary's honor, I bought a lovely small glass tile about two inches high that had her image carved into the surface, and that really helped to reinforce our connection. Looking at the piece of carved glass was a visual reminder of all the goodness I was encountering on this journey as I was manifesting love. And I still have this memento today, and I keep it on my window altar where it gets the morning sunshine. Naturally, I did other things too to go along with manifesting, like I had a vision board depicting the kind of love I wanted, doing fun things and activities where we might travel, visit, or live, I found some fabulous magazine pictures with activities and even qualities of the relationship I was seeking. I loved that vision board. It was so beautiful and really captured my vision of love. I placed it in a spot in my condo where I knew I would see it all the time. Every time I looked at it, it gave me a smile, brought a smile to my face. I also did feng shui. And this is when I learned a lot about feng shui. I feng shuied my home, and I created a beautiful love corner. I sought out elements of meaning to place on the love altar, and over time had quite a collection of objects. You can listen to my episode on feng shui for the bedroom, and that one will tell you all about the love corner, where you'll learn all kinds of specifics of how to do that. But in my love corner, I had a variety of quirky objects that always made me laugh when I looked at them. First of all, I had, of course, two pink tall taper candles paired next to each other. 
Very important when you have pairs for your love corner to put them next to each other because you want to be in connection with your partner. You don't want to separate things. A lot of times people take two candlesticks and they put something in between them because it looks pleasing to the eye. But for your love corner and your love altar, you want to put pairs together. I also had a cut leaded glass heart-shaped dish that was small and sometimes I put chocolates in it. I found a small puffy red heart velvet Christmas ornament. Another ornament that was a pair of doves or lovebirds or something and they were all snuggled close to each other. Christmas ornaments can be perfect for your love corner. You can find all kinds of things that'll just be ideal. I also wrote a letter to my future husband expressing my love and feelings and happiness for our relationship. Somewhere in my flea market travels, because I love to go poking in flea markets, I had found a small plastic toy that was Disney's Aladdin on his magic carpet. And the toy had tiny wheels on the carpet to make it fly, which is, to me, still hilarious. I still have this thing. And then another time to the flea market, I found some vendor who had like a billion little plastic little figurines of all these Disney characters. And I found Esmeralda, she looks like a gypsy, and I think it's from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. But anyway, she was the perfect size and looked great in the dress and, you know, in her costume to be on the back of Aladdin's carpet with him. And this provided a sense of silliness, playfulness, lightheartedness, plus fun, romance, and let's not forget magic. So after all, Aladdin had a magic carpet and could fly wherever he needed to go. Such an exciting thought and wonderful magic. All the items sat on a round red velveteen doily that had been decorated with gold lace and some little sequins and jewels because I have to admit, I like the sparkly stuff. Anyway, at one point, I fell for a guy who was not the right man, but he was so sexy, I can't even tell you. I felt amazing with him and super feminine and really desirable. And even though I knew he was not the right man, I just wanted the experience of being with him. He was from Italy, and I have a whole thing about Italy. I'm not Italian, but his English wasn't really very good. So I could only understand about 60% of what he was saying. But we worked it out, and over time, I certainly, you know, I caught on. I started to understand really everything he said once I got to know what he was saying like you know what he was saying although it took me a while to understand his true intentions anyway since I knew he was not going to be the love of my life I promised myself I made a vow that when things got ugly or I became unhappy I would walk away and not look back and it was a very firm intention that I set. It was, this was like a vow to myself as I was saying so I met him at a singles dance and I nicknamed him Romeo because he sure was. I learned many valuable lessons about dating, love, and men with him. He asked for my number and then he asked me out to dinner and we went to a very nice restaurant and then we had a few more dates and I was having a great time. He was so romantic and creative. I felt like I was in a movie. So after about four months, we hit that point where we were done. I actually asked him to leave my house. (laughs) What happened was we first met on a Saturday night and our first date was also on a Saturday night. 
But after that, he never saw me on a Saturday night, only Friday or Sunday or a day during the week. I got really tired of this, and I asked him what this was about. And guess what? He told me. He said, (laughs) he actually told me what this was about. He said, I saved Saturday night for my girlfriend. I was like, what? (laughs) What? You have a girlfriend? Like, I, I don't even, I couldn't even relate. I was so shocked. I was appalled. And he just laughed. So I kicked him out the door. (laughs) That's all I needed to hear. That doesn't mean it was easy, by the way. And it doesn't mean I I was happy about it. Even though I knew he was sort of a detour. And I really did enjoy being with him in so many ways. I had never experienced anything like that guy before. So our time together was novel and sexy and exotic and oh my gosh and I had been to Italy in my after my junior year of college and I was just so taken with the beauty of that country I I just wanted to move there I don't know what it is it's a it's a past life thing I've been in Italy a lot in the past in many past lives anyway he was connected to that part of me but once I heard that he had a girlfriend it was over then I had to shake it off not so easy right and that's why I wrote a new affirmation <laughs> Kind of like a releasing spell of sorts looking back on it. That was certainly my intention to let him go and move on as quickly as possible because I was ready for real love. So here's what I wrote. I release Romeo for my highest good, our highest good, making room for the right man to walk into my life, walk in right now. I wanted to let go from a high and deep level, not only for my highest good, but also for his I have to admit, I wasn't that angry with him because I knew when I started he wasn't the right man. But at the same time, I I still was a little heartbroken. So um, let me sing this for you now. And if you want to give this chant a try, just replace the name Romeo with whatever man you want to let go of. I've given this to many of my private coaching clients, and it really works wonders if you're serious about letting go. I release Romeo for my highest good, our highest good. Making room for the right man to walk into my life, walk in right now. I release Romeo for my highest good, our highest good. Making room for the right man to walk into my life, walk in right now. There you go. I sang it, you know, thousands of times. (laughs) Really trying to clear him out of my field, my energy, my heart, my brain. What I later discovered was that my willingness to be vulnerable with him directly led to attracting the next two very high quality men who were both great catches. For years, I hadn't been willing to be vulnerable. I hadn't been willing to get to know a man enough that I might have my heart broken. But realizing that I could be vulnerable, I could get hurt, and I could bounce back and recover without it taking years and years like it had with my college boyfriend, that move made all the difference in my willingness to continue meeting men. And I ended up dating both guys at the same time while I was getting to know them to try to decide 
which one was going to suit me better, which one was in my best and highest interest, which one would make the best long-term partner. I had to choose between them eventually after about, I don't know, six weeks. With an open heart, I attracted the two best men out of all the men I dated because of Romeo. Because I went through that with him and I took that chance because I had always taken the safe route. I had always done the right thing. I had always been the good girl. And it was time for me to break that and just do something for the fun and passion of it and then see my way through it to know that I could be vulnerable, I could be hurt, and I could recover. And I recovered very quickly because I met them both within two or three weeks. The man I married was and is my adorable husband, Paul. So he was the last guy that I met. There you have it. That is how I manifested love. It took me 15 months to start from ground zero, where I hadn't dated in years and years, an embarrassing number. And then I met and dated 30 men in that 15 months to find the one who became my loving husband. Having been through this myself and being a love and dating coach for 20 years, I know without a doubt that you can do this too. You can. 20 years ago, there were no dating coaches. (laughs) Now they're on every street corner. There are more and more opportunities for you to see finding love is not only possible, and to get help with it, but to know that finding love is your destiny. You can make this dream come true for yourself. Do the mindset work. Work through whatever might be getting in your way. Let go and clean house in your heart. Let go of the old men. Let go of the exes. Let go of the regrets so that you can start to believe and love yourself. That's another huge piece So do the mindset work, do the manifesting, meet the men, and find your guy, that man that you've been waiting for, longing for, dreaming of. Thank you so much for listening today. I sure hope you enjoyed this episode. It would really thrill me if you would share it with someone who you love, someone who's close to you, someone who would also enjoy it and benefit from it. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me in this sacred space on your journey to clarity and spiritual growth. If you're at a crossroad in the middle of a life crisis or challenge, try intuitive coaching or book an intuitive or past life reading at intuitiveedge.biz. Enjoyed our time together? Please rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend to spread the magic. Until next time, this is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.